Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have Josh Ibrahim. He's the founder of ProfitX, which is a real-time performance and financial insight tool that is used by teams in the NBA, as well as being a former NBA agent and a professor uh, at the uh, Mori College. So, my brother, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me today, Chris. Man, thank you very much for being on the show. As I was researching everything that uh, we needed to research before jumping onto this uh, amazing podcast, instantly my first thought was I need to thank my booking agents and my team behind because I'm like, we are going to geek out about NBA, about all of that fun stuff. And as well, as per usual, we're going to talk about uh, entrepreneurship and so on and so forth. But Josh, I gave a small introduction of who you are. What do you do? Can you unpack that a bit more for our viewers and listeners? Yeah, so... So ProfitX is a, a financial and performance platform. It's powered by AI. It's an active database of 450 NBA athletes. Each athlete has 12 performance-based AI-powered models and eight time series financial AI-powered models as well that, that really go into insights about uh, contract analysis, player development, performance trajectory, injury analysis, and roster construction. So it's, it's a kind of the Bloomberg terminal of, of professional sports where we show the trajectory of the athletes throughout their career. And so we built this platform. We spent about three years in R&D, building, testing, calibrating, configuring. And, uh, and last year, we did a pilot program with uh, about 23 NBA teams. We spent about eight weeks with all of the participants, agents, media companies, and really just try to get feedback. All the feedback was great. Um, really... Uh, got a lot of uh, rave reviews on like the the ease of the platform and the and and so that was an encouraging thing for me you know after definitely you know sticking my head in the sand essentially for almost three years and and it was and then it was kind of off to the races it was really uh it was really just about setting up uh partnerships with nba teams uh, sports agents, media uh, personalities, and really trying to uh, become, you know, the, the benchmark, the industry standard in contractual analysis in professional sports. All right, Josh. So that seems very interesting. Let me unpack it, see if I got it on, on the ball over here. So essentially, 
This is a, a, a tool that analyzes everything for the athlete and for the players to find out their injuries, find out their talents, find out X, Y, and Z. And then once they have this information, obviously they could utilize it either to uh, trade a player, get a player as the organization, or if you're the player to work on certain aspects of your game, if you need to improve. Now, my question to you is, because as I'm listening to this, I'm wondering how come this hasn't existed before? Are you like, it's because it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, like NBA is known for taking stats and crazy stats. And as we're going forward, they're taking stats of stats and it's just like all a numbers game. So how come a platform like this hasn't been existed before? Are you guys the only one in the marketplace in that regards? And what are some of the experiences directly with some players? Because you did say that you guys tested it out. What have they seen while utilizing this platform? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, so there, there's a lot to that question. So I'll just start with kind of like why I created the platform because that kind of uh, progresses to, to the rest of <laughs> the question. So I, I, was a, I was an NBA agent for about three years. Um, I represented eight NBA players. I negotiated multi-million dollar contracts. I worked for Drew Rosenhaus out of Miami, Florida, who's a, uh, who's a big time NFL agent. And it was during that time when I went into contract negotiations for my clients, there was a couple of things that I had issues with that I saw that I thought were gaps, you know, in, in sports. And so the first one is, is when you go into these busy flurries of transactions, specifically during free agency, you have a 24 to 72 hour window to make a deal essentially. And so my job as an agent was really to gather as much information that I could in a very quick manner and present it to my clients to really show them and support my recommendations for the clients, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, as an agent, I, I tried to just give them the best information and, and let them make the decision in the end. And, and that's how I think it should be. But you have to work. You have to show your clients you're working for them. And so during this 24 to 72 hour window, I'm put, trying to put together player comps. I'm, I'm looking at all the players that are being signed. I'm trying to find, sort through the position and, and who he was playing with and how, how his statistics look and trying to basically pinpoint a comp similar to like real estate where I can say, okay, this guy got this much in free agency. My guy should be getting, you know, 4 million more. But the problem with that was, is that there wasn't anything at that time that allowed me to put that data all together in some type of report or platform in a, in, in real time. And so I was spending, you know, three to four days on these data reports, 60 to 80 pages, and, and it was almost, you know, too late at that point. So that was the first problem. There wasn't, and the second problem was, is that there wasn't any data that justified why my client was worth what I thought he was worth when I went into negotiations with teams. So teams have a different perspective they're constrained to salary caps and uh, and how much money they have available to spend on players. And the players should be looking at it from an angle of, 
look, I've been in the league for five years. I've gotten better each year. I've stayed healthy. If you utilize my skill sets where I have strengths, then you are going to get a good value on this next contract if you sign me, right? So it kind of goes both ways where the teams have to utilize the player in the right way and the, and the player has to go into the right situation. And so those were really, you know, and, and try, and the one thing I learned with, with Drew is that you got to have equilibrium on both de- on mm-hmm. both sides of the deal. Otherwise it's a, it's a recipe for a disaster. And, and I, I experienced that where one side was definitely tilted in favor of them. And it just created a lot of different things that kind of didn't contribute to the overall partnership or, or, you know, relationship with that entity. So those were the kind of the two big gaps that I realized that existed. And so one, my, my last year as an agent, I, I just decided, I was like, you know, there needs to be something like this. And, and I, I'm going to try to go out and build it because it didn't exist, you know? And, and so when I first started out, I, I was testing the, I was, I was testing the concept. I spent three or four months kind of building out the idea and actually seeing if it could work. Right. Cause I didn't want to spend my, you know, money and time if, if I didn't think it could actually be done. So once I had kind of gotten to a point where I was comfortable with it, I started, I started the preparation for the patent application and really starting to sketch out the designs for the overall platform. And what I realized is that I, my original idea was that it was going to be a very financial centric platform. It was going to be very heavily focused on contracts, injury analysis, and really kind of like a Bloomberg type where it shows the stock of the athlete. Yeah. Is he overperforming on his contract? Is he underperforming on his contract? And you use that team contract as a parameter for the real-time contract value algorithm that we've created. And so once we finished the beta version after three years, you know, we brought on Bobby Marks to our board of directors. He's an ESPN NBA insider, former Brooklyn Nets uh, general manager. And his, you know, even before we brought him onto the board of directors, he was using the platform and our contract projections in his off-season reports and the first thing he told me was, I've never seen anything like this. You know, in, in our days with NBA team, with, with the Nets, we never had a salary projector. And so that, that was kind of a, a validation of some sort for me where, okay, we've got someone that really believes in the product and what it could do for the future of sports but we need to make it better. Right. And so our big parameter, we had done, we had done analysis, free agency analysis on the past two free agencies before last year. And so my objective after we brought Bobby on was to, you know, fine tune the algorithm, make it more accurate so that the projections are almost identical with what the the players are signing for in free agency. And so we spent about two months redeveloping the algorithm. And then uh, in last year's free agency, we generated about 70 free agency contract reports. And the, 
our fair market value projections were within on those 70 reports were within one to 3 million of, of what the players had signed for. And we're talking okay. about big, big players, Gary Trent, uh, Lonzo ball, Alex Caruso, Duncan Robinson, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Kyle Lowry, I can rattle them off, you know, but they were, you know, within one to $2 million majority oh, wow. of them. And we also had a scenario where, Dennis Schroeder, who played for the LA Lakers, had an extension offer for four years, 84 million, and he declined the, the extension. And we had him projected at 22.5 million in March. So, yeah, I, so going back to it, over the past three seasons, we've generated 165 contract reports with those same parameters in terms of accuracy. Okay. Okay. So thank you for that insight. Definitely clarifies it. And honestly, I hundred percent understand it. So essentially it's not only helping the uh, owners and the teams, but it's helping the players as well. So they could project themselves. And like you said, the comparables, just like a property or whatever, be like, Hey, this is how much I'm worth with all the analytics. And the way you kind of explained as Bloomberg, I kind of saw it as a stock market thing of like, Hey, you actually see the stock um, go up and down. And now you mentioned a couple of players names from Dennis Schroeder, which was, I guess, like, like known to be pretty much of a flop of he kind of let go of that contract. And then he kind of signed for almost the minimum with that, with uh, Boston. And now we got traded and so on and so forth. But before going into that, you said that, you know, you named a couple of players that signed with the, uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Did the Rosen deal, were you guys uh, close on it? Yeah. You were spot on because yeah. everybody was like, they're wrong and so on and so forth. And then the Rosen just had like almost like an like a MB, like a MVP conversation type season, which he just dominated, especially the first half of the season. So you guys had it like pretty close to that. We had it, I believe it was 2 million off. He signed for, we had him at 28 million. He signed for 26. Wow. So like, like, cause every, like if you listen to the analysts, if you listen like TNT, uh, NBA and all that, the panels are like, oh, they're paying too much from, they're paying too much. So it's crazy how your analytics is really bringing it closer and closer. Now, yeah. and, and sorry, just to add one other thing to that, there's, there's two ways to look at, you know, the way, the way that I constructed the contractual side of it is that it needs to show the player's career, not what the supply and demand of free agency dictates, right? Because the teams want to sign them for however much money that they have, and they have to stick to those parameters. Now, they're most of the time going to come in low where the agent's job is to maximize the money, right? Because they have a short window and you want to get as much as possible and make sure that it's a good situation so that when he gets to his next contract, you know, we can get, you know, progress. And so the fair market, the real-time contract value calculates real-time during the season and then our fair market value projections take all of the real-time contract values for a specific time period, depending on the player, and then it will project what that player is worth for the next two years. Okay, so that's very interesting because that was my next question. Uh, 
in regards to offer and demand, right? Like there is off seasons that is just stacked like crazy with amazing stars that are like free agents. So the teams are being a lot more eloquent in the way that they use their cap space because there's so much out there. And then there are seasons that off seasons that like the top players that are free are maybe like B class and I'm not insulting anybody, but just that ideology. So they go and overpay for certain players that would, they would never have. Now in this regard, do you think your platform is going to diminish that cause and is it going to help certain players go up a bit more? So what I'm saying here is, is it going to take away potentially those players getting extra money or is it going to take away those players not getting enough to their actual value and creating that equilibrium a bit like you mentioned throughout the board? And if so, do you think the players would be happy for that? And do you think the teams would be happy for that? Yeah, I mean... You know, our, our intent, well, number one, you know, the platform is, you know, we're, we're a third party, you know, essentially data provider. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have any skin in the game. We don't, I don't, I'm not an agent. I don't, I don't work for a team anymore. This is something that just creates a comp and, and it's data, right? The, The ultimate decision will ultimately come down to the teams and the agents and the players. But this gives them a starting point. And, okay. and I think that's where I really struggled with was because I came in with the starting point and we were so off, but I was so adamant that this was the actual valuation because of what I saw in the game film and what I saw in the statistics. And so I didn't have anything to really justify my case that my client was worth this amount of money. And even when I told them, regardless of whatever contract amount you agree to, he's still going to overperform on this contract. And you and I both know that. So, so come up to a number where we're good. And then, you know, the next year he won six man of the year. So like I was right. Number one, that, that, uh, I was right, number one, that he definitely overperformed on his contract, but it was it, it took longer than it needed to. And it really took away my leverage during free agency to kind of go around to other teams and say, hey, I have this guy. This is what he's projected to do in the next two years. You know, so it's it's really it's a really kind of a, a crapshoot for the you know, the top guys are going to get max money. Right. The LeBron's the ADs, uh, the Jason Tatums, all these, you know, the top players are going to get the max money. And then the other 85% of the league, it's, it's a toss up, you know, know, because you're really, every free agency is going to be different because teams, you know, you have the rising salary cap and then you have the team cap space. And then you have all these decisions with the teams that can free up additional cap space. So it's really just kind of, we're just trying to integrate ourselves as the data provider and the rest is up to, you know, to the user essentially. But we do, we do help teams construct their rosters. We do help athletes get paid. And I think with our contract reports that we've generated, you know, especially with how much access we gave out last year with top agencies, with numerous professional teams, um there's no doubt in my mind there was a lot of influence from our projections and what in what actually transpired and yeah i i think the athletes 
need this, right? The agents need this. This makes their life easier. And the more data, the better, right? Data is the new oil. And so, um, and from the team perspective, it's really, you know, the, the Mavericks, the Mavericks have been utilizing it and, you know, with respect to them as a client, but look, I mean, they're the number four seed. They have one of the best, you know, defensive ratings in the league. They have a franchise cornerstone. Like it was a, it was an ideal partnership for us to really, uh, you know, well, and, and I'm from Texas, you know, so that's, that's another, I'm a big Mavericks fan. So, okay. So, okay. First and foremost, as you were saying this, and we're going to shift gear real quick, we're going to go into something else in, in a second here. But as you were saying this, I was smiling. I'm like, are you the cause of uh, uh, Christoph Korzingis getting traded out? <laughs> is it such a, is that your hands off? <laughs> it's funny as you were saying that. I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe they, they utilize the, the app and they're like, oh, maybe I should move this deal, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the Mavericks are going to use the data whatever way they want yeah. to use it. And I think that's the point of it. And I think they're doing, they're utilizing it the way that it's meant to be. And, and you know, does it get, you know, Mark Cuban even came out with the initial press release and said, this gives us a competitive advantage over everyone. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard not to agree with him on that just based on how they've executed their transactions, how they've, you know, you, uh, you know, just played during the overall season and where they've kind of positioned yeah. themselves going into the future. Yeah. hundred percent. I think they've done some great moves in that regards. And obviously just uh, uh, like having uh, like the, the whole team going towards that right direction. I still like the moves. I, yeah, they're just like, don't like everything. Luca Doncic is just like, they're, they're on the right track and like they're, they're filling it in properly. And Josh, I want to go into the aspect of you being a professor. I know that's something you truly love doing. Let's unpack that a bit more. What do you do uh, in that regards and so on and so forth? Yeah, so so I've, I've, been at, I've been at Monroe College for almost five years now. I, they, they initially were starting a sports management program back in 2017, and I was in my second year at Rosenhaus Sports. And they just offered me, uh, you know, a, an opportunity to kind of get in from the ground up. And, and I'd always had a passion for education because I didn't really take my education seriously, you know, when I was growing up and in, in college. And that was definitely one of my big regrets, just because if, if, if I knew what I knew now, you know, if I knew what I knew now back when I was in my early 20s, you know, yeah, it's a different story, you know, and like if I had really leveled up and focused and it, it would be a completely different story, it didn't happen. And so I understand the importance of that and, and you know, working, you know, getting a head start when when people, you know, think they can kind of just go along with the flow of of. But, you know, if you want success, like it, it takes work. And you got to put in the work and you got to roll up your sleeves. So they basically brought me on as like a sports management professor. I, I really didn't like the initial curriculum that they had built. So I just was like, you know what I'm going to do? Each topic I know enough about from my job that I've done or I've know people that I can connect with my class. 
And so I'm really just going to kind of do like a hybrid, you know, like I'm going to give them, you know, stories and documentaries and, and clips about different topics that, uh, you know, the, these courses don't cover anyways. So that was a really great experience for me. And then they kind of just started to open it up more They're like, Hey, do you want to teach entrepreneurship? You've ran your own sports agency. Do you want to teach marketing? And so I, I'm really kind of like a Swiss army knife now where I just kind of teach everything. And it, and it honestly, I, I, I love it because it, it keeps me, keeps me, you know, balanced, I guess. I'm not always focused on sports. I have to keep up with business trends. I have to look at the economy <laughs> and, you know, just look at what, what, get a pulse of what's going on in the world and try to just get my students ready. You know, it's, it's, a lot of my students, they're not ready when they get out of school. And like, I don't know if that's because they don't get the opportunities to get internships and get real world experience and learn what it's going to take. And like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to, you know, there's a process and there's a, there's a strategy to it. And so I really just try to make myself available to my students, even after, after I'm done teaching them. And, and I tell them, look, I will help you and whatever you, you know, I'm pretty crafty. Like I can, I can get a lot of stuff done. I've, I've seen and done pretty much everything. And so if I don't know something, I'll find someone that can help you. And so that's kind of been my, my motto with teaching is just really try to get them ready for the real world and teach them what they need to know and what to expect when they get done with school. And I love that. I love that, man. I mean, uh, Josh, that's that's amazing. And like you said, there is this great balance because not only you have your business, you're running it, you're growing it as a startup, MBA world, you're from that world, but you're giving back in a sense as well, even though it is a job and so on, but it's it's more than a job, right? You're helping these students go to that next level and you're just creating new opportunities opportunities yeah. new ways to look at it you're not only you know talking the talk but you're actually walking the walk so when you give entrepreneurship classes you're like hey i actually run this business and i'm doing this there's actually weight behind a professor that's doing that so congratulations on that josh and Thank i want to be respectful for your time here but before we go there's two questions that i 100 percent need to ask uh and my first one is it's very obvious that you're a successful individual from being a former nba agent which just that in itself i'm guessing is not you know open to anybody you still need to to have certain skills and uh, context to get there so just that and then from there creating this amazing uh platform that like you said the dallas mavericks are using and many teams are going to use in the future and so on but we don't only learn from the successes we also learn from failures so my question to you is what is something that you are having a difficult time with within your business and how do you go about approaching it and fixing that? So what is something you're having a hard time with currently in your business and how would you approach about fixing that situation? That's a loaded question. Yep. I think, <laughs> I, I, um, well, I, I think there's, there's two answers to it. I'll try to keep them relatively brief, but I think from the technology side of it, the one lesson I learned in technology is it does not care what you want. It will be ready when it's ready. And so, and, and you have to work and make, you know, you have to make the software, you know, as good as it can be and continue to update it and evolve it and, and continue to refine it. And so I think 
for me, just not being really a, a patient person, this, this entire development period was a struggle for me because I always wanted it. So, you know, I wanted it now, 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 and, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, you're, you're testing each of these 20 models, you're adding new widgets, you're verifying the data, you're, and, and it's just a process. And so I think that's one thing I really learned on the technology side is just to kind of, you know, nothing is going to make it come any faster. It's just, you gotta kind of just know that it's making the right product and that it's gonna make it as best as possible. And you gotta, you know, you, I've just kind of adopted that mentality as, as I've kind of gone through this entire process. And I think from the business side, it's really, I think there's two things. I think one is just kind of managing my expectations mm -hmm. as far as, you know, you know, I'm definitely very happy with where we're at, but I obviously think with the uniqueness and the value proposition and the overall impact of this, this product, uh, you know, I, I want, you know, I want everyone to know about it right now. And that's just not how it works, you know? And so it's really about building strategic partnerships and really trying to look at every opportunity and, make sure it works for both parties and make sure that it's worth everyone's time and that and and make sure that it's going to ultimately continue to help build stepping stones for your company to reach where you want to reach and i have high aspirations you know we can build this platform into any any sport we can use it for both both uh products you know the impact that we'll have on the gambling industry disrupting a 25 billion dollar industry and then from the 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 athlete and team side of it and really just creating transparency and democratizing the data so from from the business perspective i think just managing the expectations and realizing that it's really about building building the steps and then the other thing is really uh i would say really trying to like educate you know i think that's that's another thing is you know this is this is a brand new product this has never been built before and and uh and it's really you have to educate you know it's easy for me to explain it but you know when we give demos to people you know yeah. they look they look fried after it yeah so <laughs> So. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because like I said, when you explained to me in the beginning, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, what is it doing different? And then once you kind of went in depth with it, I'm like, all right, cool. I get it. So I do understand that. And two great things to highlight over there that you mentioned, kind of alluding back to the sports, the Philly, uh, Philadelphia 76ers a mantra, right? Trust the process. So essentially as an entrepreneur, understand that it's going to take the time that's going to take. And that's okay. Even though I want it yesterday, if I do it right, it's going to happen. So I love that ideology. And then the second thing is because you have such a disruptive product that's going to change not only the sporting industry, but the betting industry that's linked up with sports. There's a lot of education involved. People have to yeah. know it, get comfortable with it before start utilizing it. Yeah. So Josh, my before last question to you. I know now that, like I said, you're, you love basketball. You're an agent. I definitely love basketball as well. And I know that you're from New York. So I thought you were either a Knicks or a Brooklyn <laughs> fan, but now you said you're from uh, uh, Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. So you said, I uh, guessing Mavs fan, Houston around that area. I want you to tell me 
with the NBA, because right now, while we're recording, this is April 14th, we're legit in the playing tournament and we're going to start the playoffs in a couple of days. Who do you think is going to take it this year? Oof. We're going to geek <laughs> out for a second. Would, yeah, we can geek out on this one. You know, <laughs> so honestly, I this is the first time in a couple of years where I've just thought that there's no team that really looks scary to me. Yes. And it, and what I've learned as an agent is that it's a game of runs and it's a game of getting hot at the right time and then riding that wave. And so there's a lot of intriguing storylines with this. I mean, uh, I'm so excited for all of these matchups uh, Philly and uh, who, who are they playing? Brooklyn? The Raptors. Raptors. Oh, my, I'm my so Canadian team, bro. Um, Brooklyn and Boston. Uh, I mean, the Western Conference. I mean, all the matchups are like, I'm really going to be like locked into every game. And so, I mean, I, look, the Raptors are playing really well right now. They've got a great team. Um, really built for the playoffs. Uh, you know, everything amplifies in the playoffs. It's it's super defensive. It's slower. It's half court. And, you know, the pressure of the playoffs also plays a factor, <laughs> you know, I'm sure as a lot of people know. So, you know, it's, I, I like a lot of teams. Honestly, I, I like the I like the Mavericks chances, you know, with with how they've been playing defensively. The injury has me a little concerned, but you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely riding high on the Mavericks. The Raptors look strong. You have the bucks that you can't count out. Uh, I mean, the Sixers, if they, <laughs> you know, it's Memphis Phoenix. I mean, it's loaded. You got Jokic and uh, Jokic and, and uh, Golden State going up against, I mean, it's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. So l- let me jump in real quick and give you some of my predictions. Cause like my podcasts are like usually 60 days out. Cause I have a lot of backdated. So potentially when this, this podcast is going to be out, we're going to be probably in the finals of the NBA, <laughs> if not already uh, ranked. So l- let's talk about that. First of all, being from Montreal, Canadian boy, loved the Toronto Raptors, especially the last decade or so since Messiah Jury came. We've been having some solid teams. Mm-hmm. And the last 16 games of the year, Toronto has been ranked the best team in those last 16 games. So here's my prediction. I honestly think the Raptors are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think they're going to go to that point. So they're going to beat Philly because right now everything that's happening with Harden yeah, and all Harden. that stuff, I mean, I, I feel like he's not there. And if I'm going to just do like a wild guess, that's not very surprising, but I feel like they're going to take it home this year. I think it is Phoenix's year. I really do believe that, especially the fact that last year they lost in the finals. I, it, you need to lose, honestly. You need to lose at a certain point. You need to figure out how to lose in those games to know how to win in those games. And all the teams that you talked about, either from Memphis to Dallas to like the Nuggets and all that stuff, they're still fairly new. And they haven't lost enough in the playoffs. I agree. And that's why I, I really, and I potentially hope as well that they, they pick it up. So anyways, that being said, Josh, I feel like we could ramble until tomorrow morning about this. So let's just wrap this up. And the last thing I want to say is where can our listeners and our viewers connect with you, reach out to you if they want to know more about the platform, if they're in the NBA world or if they're in another sport, whatever, where could be the best place to connect with you? 
Yeah, you can check us out at our website, profitx.ai, or you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at profitxai. I love that. Josh, everything will be in the show notes below. Brother, thank you very much. I thank thought you. that this was going to be the case. This is a longer uh, episode than usual. <laughs> sorry. I, no, no, don't say sorry, bro. It's like, I knew we were going to geek out about this, but it was a true pleasure having you on, brother. Likewise. Congratulations so with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program and don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.